Hey guys, it's me, Alex. Just warning that this episode is a solo show and frankly fucking terrible. So if you're not a regular fan of the show, just skip to a better one. Anyway, enjoy. I am doing a slapdash solo episode because I don't feel like reposting a uh, interview that I did with somebody else or some random audio I found. So I figured I'd talk to you directly. Hi. I have some listener questions I'm going to answer. But first, I need to address two things. One, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Alex Bolin, Alex Bell with two X's. I'll put the link in the show notes. There is a link on alexcast.com. Subscribe, you get uh, extra content and all that kind of crap, or just try to support me, because, I mean, I'm dying a slow death, and I really need to stop having a day job, so just, if all of you, if every single listener right now pledged five bucks a month, I don't have that many listeners, so it's still a day job, but it would, you know, it'd help a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, so that. The other thing I need to start off with is this. Alex Cast listeners, my, my dearest ones who have been with me for so very long, I've realized recently the Alex cast in 2010, next year, it's going to be 10 years old. So this is my ninth year of podcasting. And there's still a, like, a, way too many of you for how long I've taken off of the show, how much the show doesn't make sense. It's weird that there's this many of you listening. On that note, I just want to point you this way. Because this show's slapdash. It's weird. Sometimes I don't do shows. Sometimes I'll do... It's supposed to be every two weeks, and sometimes one a week, and sometimes it's not, and this is like three weeks. The point is, I want to tell you, listen to John and Alex hate stuff. This isn't an ad. It's like I'm on the show. So, I mean, I guess it's an ad, but it's like... I feel like that doesn't count. This is like cross-promotional branding. Which makes me feel like a real cool kid using those kind of terms. Look at me, Ma. I'm cross-promotional branding. Not even sure if those words make sense in that order. The point is, John and Alex hate stuff. Available on iTunes and Stitcher and all that crap. Listen to that show. It's so much better than the Alex cast. Every time I check my download numbers, which isn't particularly often because I'm depressed enough, but it's weird that the Alex cast has like a bunch of listeners. And not the shit on John and Alex hate stuff. We have a fine amount of listeners, but... For some reason, there's still more if you listen to this crap. And it's like, well, if you're listening to this crap, go listen to that crap. It's the same crap, except John's on the show. And John's good. He says things. They're funny. He's got, like, a cool mustache. So listen to that show. There. That's me starting the thing. Patreon and John and Alex H stuff. That's how we're starting. Okay. So I have a list of things to talk about. It's not that long of a list. Uh, the first thing is something about uh, that's going to sound like me... Um, and doing a plug, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk about... Oh, here's here's a thing that's depressing. Let's talk about this first. 
Ero boy Alex here. I am 30 and 8 years old. 38 years old. And I'm starting to realize that everybody I run into, well, not everybody, that's a gigantic exaggeration, but an increasing number of people that I run into while sitting around reading at a cafe or a bar or whatever, look like someone I used to know. And sometimes this is good, sometimes this is bad. Um, the good times are like, oh, that looks like that asshole I stopped being friends with because he's an asshole. And other times like, oh, that looks like my dead friend. And it makes you sad. But I'm curious, is that just age? I mean, I guess this isn't a segment. This is just me questioning. Is is this aging? Do you just keep recognizing the past as the present and you just kind of look at it? And then there's just more and more of the past getting built up like, I don't know, like just plaque on an artery until just the parade of your past clogs your heart to the point that you die. This is a comedy show. But I just, I keep thinking about that, that like, I'm not that old and I feel like I'm just not way down, but I mean, there's 38 years, there's a lot of years, but it's not that many years and there's so many fucking memories in there and so many beautiful and dumb faces mixed in there and those faces seem to be repeating. And I guess I just need to ask older people, is that just, is that just what it's like? Or do I have one of those kind of memories where that happens because i've also noticed this about uh, aging that a lot of people don't really remember a lot about the past so which i think that's why old people retell stories to each other that they've heard a million times because i think they've forgotten most of them well the point is that's my aging point there was this, I, was, I was sitting in a bar the other night and there was this girl like four seats down and does that sound creepy? It's not. It's just, it, it, I don't mean to sound like I'm leering at this girl, but I, I was kind of kept looking at her because she looked exactly like this girl, Kelly. Oh, I never say old names, but fuck it. She looked exactly like this girl, Kelly, that I used to go out with. Uh, um, oh, Christ. Uh, 16 years ago. And it was so, it was weird it was like looking at an echo because they looked so much like her and not in like a she had a kid way or that's her sister like it looked maybe i've just realized why old-timey people made up reincarnation because they just you know maybe i'm just too stupid to understand how like genetic recombination happens and i'm just looking at like oh there's only certain amount of faces that could exist in the world and i'm seeing them repeated but yeah, the girls this scene is season. It's uh, Duke Leto says that in Dune. I suppose that's the thing. So I'm old. That's the point of this. I'm, I, you know, mentally, not so much physically. I mean, definitely physically. Like not in age, just in wear and tear miles. You know, like I've, I've like since birth, I've been driven just city mileage by like somebody that doesn't change the oil very regularly. Like that's that's kind of where I'm at. Like I'm, it's 2019 right now. I feel like body wise, I'm probably about like a 76, like, uh, like, like Buick sedan, but not like at the top end one, like the, like whatever cheap one they put out this year. And like, no one put any kind of effort into it. This can't be interesting. 
those the Alex has every episode of the Alex has is me going oh this can't be interesting and then inexplicably uh, people listen so anyway I feel old there's my point let's answer listener questions the first one is going to turn into a plug a little bit but it's not a plug um uh, because it's it's not our friend Eric Millar oh well there was there was words Eric Millar uh, you would like to know, he'd like to hear some details on your new short story collection that's coming up. Yes, people, I have a short story collection. It's coming up. I have a cover... Well, no, the cover's not done. The cover art is finished by the same artist that did the cover for Periphery. I have all the short stories written. I am waiting for one or two people to give me final words on a, you know, kind of last edits. It, it's done. It's, I, it's publishable. I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything stupid. Um, it's a shorty because um, let me tell you why I'm putting this out. I can tell you exactly. I had three different people I know in real life tell me that uh, they don't read uh, digital books. They can only read in print. Like, you know, reading digitally fucks with them. And having short stories out only in digital form, I was like, oh, well, you can't read my stuff. So this kind of uh, lit a fire to my ass to collect stuff. So uh, there will be a short story. It'll be the short stories that I've published on Amazon already, plus two brand new, never before seen short stories. They're both very good. Uh, I will quote the one person that I let read it said it was, and I quote, powerful. So yay. What's going on with the short story collection? Um, I'm going to guess, I shouldn't guess, but, um, I'm recording this, uh, it's 5-22-2019, uh, if we're in England, it's 22-5-2019, if you're somewhere else, I don't fucking know. I'm going to guess week, two weeks is six, I'm going to guess, I'll, I'll, I think I'll be out in July. That doesn't seem too big of a jump. Yeah, let's say I'll be out in July. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, but on that note, ooh, ooh, I can tell you guys about this. I know, I, you know, saying like, hey, listen to the other show. Here's a thing I've talked about on the show before, but uh, I, I'm going to say it in like an upbeat way, but really quickly. I, as, as a creative person, it's significant when you put out a work of art. It put, ooh, look at me, Mr. Pretentious, put down works of art. But when you put out something in the universe, it's it's a big deal to you. And when it goes bad or when it doesn't hit, oh, it's like a stab to the heart. And a lot of the reason that as an independent writer, an independent artist, uh, independent musician, a lot of the reason that things don't resonate is because no one has the chance to either read, hear, or look at the art. So I'm calling out to you before this is even published. Just understand, when the book comes out, share it. Tell your friends. Post it on your Facebook, your Twitters, your Tumblrs, your Snapchats, your Instagrams. Share it. The only way independent people like myself will ever get a readership is via that. And I like you guys. Like, the times we communicate, I'm really a fan. Like... I've, there's some rad people that listen to this show that I talk to. So I'm like, come on, rad people, let's, let's gather up, let's do this. Because, like, a win for me is a win for you. Because the more I do well, the less depressed and awful I am, and I'll put more shows out. So it's like a whole, like, synchronistic kind of thing. 
So it's coming out soon. Wah, wah, wah. Pay attention to me. I'm Alex. Give me money. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, uh, that is that. Eric Millar also wants to know, uh, what's my current magical practice look like these days? Um, I'm not very magic lately. Uh, the other thing I've been doing is, uh, on the weekends, I try to do some kind of, like, deep trance, um, not the music style, but, like, deep trance astral projection or something like that. Like, get myself into some kind of altered state, either get high or instead of microdosing, not macrodosing, but doing just a little bit more than I normally would. So it kind of hits you a little bit weird, putting on some binaural beats and trying to astral project or do something weird like that. Some deep, deep meditation stuff. Um, I'm not sure if that counts as magical practice, but it's sort of, I mean, yeah, it's magic-y. Uh, the other thing I've been doing is I really committed to a couple of kind of talismanic sigil type things and I don't want to talk about what they're for but I have some of them and I've and I've embedded them in my life in a way that I've previously not and there's a lot more of the old style magic not the way that I'm doing it but in that like you know kind of uh I don't know peasant class way where you're like oh well put a horseshoe over your doorway or or uh, bury some X under the uh, under the threshold, and that'll have your family be lucky. That sort of thing, where I'm trying to embed things more deeply into my physical and subconscious life simultaneously to see if that breeds something else. And I think there may have been some results there, but I'm not to the point that I could talk about it. And I don't know if I ever will talk about it because I'm sort of as much as I've. I'm 100% open on the show. I mean, I talk about fucking everything. Not 100%. I do say if I'm in a relationship, I don't talk about that. But um, I talk about anything, you know, for the most part in the show. But I'm starting to think that talking about magical practice or talking about the things you're doing in that sphere, I think takes away from its potency. And I'm not willing to say that is, you know, 100% true. People that have been listening to the show long enough now, I'm not willing to say most things are 100% true or 100% false. I'm not really big in the whole binary, you know, yes or no aspect of the universe. Um, but that's what I've been doing magic practice-wise. Uh, basically just incorporating spell work or sigil work into kind of a a daily wearable almost, you know, it's, it's an iPod of, of, of talismanic magic. Um, Steph quick asked me free will, yay or nay. I mean, that's, that's way too much to talk about right now. Um, I think free will, yay or nay is the same question of whether or not we have a soul, which is a, Oh God, I've already gotten into it. But like the, the short form of my argument is thus. This kind of uh, science view of the universe is that we are over, we're, I was going to say overcomplicated, but incredibly sophisticated pattern recognition and yes or no software, uh, you know, in kind of a evolutionary sense, you know, survival of the fittest that it is 
like what we think is free will is just a sophisticated form of reaction in the same way an amoeba reacts to something. Except we are so sophisticated that we can convince ourselves it's free will. And I think that if there is no free will in that way that neuroscientists lead us to believe, I think that's, it's hard to describe, but to me that's almost tantamount to proof that there is nothing other than us being entropic meat sacks rotting our way through lives through our life just you know trying to rut and pass along the genetic code uh boy this would take a longer episode and i need someone to talk to about that but um so in the same way i'm this indecisive thing where i'm a magic practitioner but i also kind of think we just when we die we die and there's nothing else afterwards I sort of believe in free will, but I, I very much, I can understand the argument against it, and it, and it is a compelling, compelling argument, and I think they're intrinsically uh, mixed. Yeah, I'm sorry that that's not like the best explanation for. I think I need someone to bounce this off of because I don't know what I need to explain further. But anyway, th there's there's a thing. Hooray! All right, so. This is probably going to be a short show, because who the fuck cares? I, I'm not beholden to anybody. Fuck you for thinking I'm beholden to you. Um, uh, Eric Arneson, frequent guest, has asked me a question. Hold on. I could have easily taken me taking a sip out of my delicious, fizzy uh, imitation brand LaCroix. But I'm not going to edit that out because I don't care that much. Point is, here is the thing. He asked me what I think about the decriminalization of psilocybin mushrooms or psilocybin in Denver. And I think it is fucking wonderful. Uh, I've been a outspoken advocate of microdosing psilocybin for depression relief. It has been very helpful for me. Even though I still have uh, my down moments and my down swings and my downers. And right now I'm kind of stuck in a down. But the thing is, while microdosing, the down I'm in right now is like in a scale of 1 to 10. My normal, my, my, my old downs used to be at like 2. This down is like 5. Which, yeah, not that great. But motherfucker, it's better than where it used to be. And the fact that that's just me grinding things up and doing it, I mean, as scientifically as I can, but with the de decriminalization of psilocybin, I think that's the first step towards FDA approval of psilocybin as a uh, treatment against depression. And I think that's incredibly important. You know, I'm an advocate of mental health, talked about it a lot. But it is an unfair universe that we have to suffer like this, you know, we being people that suffer with depression, anxiety, and other mental health disorders. And there are things that can help readily, easily, with very little uh, side effect. And I think uh, Denver is a very important first step in that the first steps when marijuana started to become legalized were states uh, decriminalizing it. And then, you know, as we're moving forward, there's still more states decriminalizing, but there's a lot of states legalizing. And I think that is really important. And it's a, an important kind of uh, framework for what what's happening with psilocybin. Same with ketamine. Ketamine was d d d 
super, you know, illegal to use party drug. It's a, you know, horse tranquilizer. Um, but there was some, you know, anecdotal evidence for its uh, efficacy as a uh, depression thing. And so they've legalized a, um, I don't know what you call it, but a, a sidestep from ketamine, you know, like a one molecule different version of ketamine for uh, an antidepressant. And it's supposed to be quite good. It's not as good as actual ketamine. But the pharma, pharmaceutical companies won't make money because ketamine, I think, isn't can't be branded because it's like a you know whatever the form of open source is in pharmacopoeia. This doesn't make any sense. But the point is, I'm really excited about uh, mushrooms being decriminalized. I, um, it's kind of too late for me, as I said. I'm 38, and you know it's not like. I, I don't have enough time for my life to turn around and have, like, a really good one. But uh, I'm really excited for people that are growing up now. Like, kids born right now that are, you know, not neurotypical and are predispositioned towards depression and other mental health issues. I think they're going to have a far wider spectrum of things to help them. And there's going to be a lot of people that would have had to suffer what I've suffered through that aren't. And I think that's fucking rad. Because... Uh, God, this is like a, dep I mean, every episode's depressing when I talk to myself, but I, I wouldn't wish what I've gone through on anybody, man. Like, it's a fucking, depression sucks. It is, it is a bullshit, it is a, it is a bad rap. Like, I don't even like myself that much, and I'm saying I didn't deserve this. So, if Denver decriminalizing leads tr towards a generation of people that don't have to experience this, or a significant number of people have their symptoms reduced because of that. Oh man, that's fucking great. And I'm not saying, you know, maybe my later years are going to be better because of this. And that's exciting too, but I'm far more excited for like the young people that, you know, the people are coming up now, like, you know, maybe I get to be an old man that experiences seeing a, an entire generation of young people, you know, and, and, and again, it is, I'm being very Western centric here. I mean, entire generation of, you know, living in a, you know, pretty affluent country in the western world but I, I may get to experience watching a generation of people grow up without the concept of depression and that's pretty fucking rad then another thing about it their art is gonna suck i mean i can't imagine how bad their music is gonna be because if we do away with depression i'm telling you man, the music is gonna blow a lot of art is gonna suck i mean it's gonna be some issues so that would actually be an interesting thing. Maybe in like 2050, people will take depression drugs. Not drugs to alleviate depression. Drugs to make you depressed. So you have the chance to be a better artist. Like you're like really good at drawing stuff with your hand, but you're like, oh, I'm kind of uninspired. What did people in the past do? Oh, they developed chemical dependencies because their brain didn't work well. Cool. So I'm going to take my anti-SSRI where it fucks your brain chemistry up for a few days and, you know, you get to rock out a few Picassos. I bet you somebody's already written that short story. But if they haven't, copyright Alex Cast, 2019. 22.5, because we're in England. I don't even record this song. Whatever, man. I'm, we're done. This, this, is, this has been an Alex Cast. Um, what else can I tell you? I, I feel like the problem is I have, I have this like compulsion or like uh, I don't know like I, I, I lean towards feeling like if I don't give you a half an hour on a show it's it doesn't count 
which is nonsense because I it's my show. I mean, I, I, I'm beholden to no one on this, but I feel weird not getting to the half an hour point, which is odd because when I have a guest on, it's an hour. So it makes no sense. But anyway. All right, so I opened up my writing folder and I read a uh, fairy tale I wrote one time. I was going out with this lady and I, was, and I texted her a fairy tale because I'm, I'm not sarcastic. I'm fucking awesome being a boyfriend. She was sad. So I'm like, what I'll do is text message a, 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 a fairy story. It'll be great. It'll be like uh, this thing in a castle and this other thing and stuff happens and blah, 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 blah. And it was great. And right there, uh, I just deleted it. I was like, oh, you know what I'll do? I'll read something from my from my uh, writing folder. And I read that. And I went, one, uh, that wasn't that great to read out loud on the show. But two, I felt like like some kind of like betrayal, which is weird because that's like many years ago. Um, uh, you know, in the ancient time of the blah, 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 fairy tale stuff. But I was like, uh, uh, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't give that to the public. It's odd that I feel some kind of you know, uh, I don't know, obligation or connection to somebody in the past that isn't my life anymore. It's weird. But oddly enough, this is a cool circle, Joseph Campbell style, of me in the, in the beginning of the show talking about how everybody kind of looks like each other and how, you know, in my old age, in my dotage that I am at, at 8 and 30, that, um, I, I, you know, I'm building up this kind of parade of people to kind of remind me of things. And maybe this is the lesson. Maybe that's tonight's lesson. Maybe... The lesson of the Buddha of letting things go is is what I should do. Is it stop having people's faces in my head? But I don't think that's possible for me. And I think I'd be a really lousy writer if I could forget people. Because, I mean, let's face it. You know, a lot of people say that writers make up stuff. But really, it's just, we steal a whole lot of shit from our real life and just kind of change names. And um, if you're a sci-fi writer, you just, you know, turn them green and give them three tits. I don't read a lot of sci-fi. So, yeah, man. Um, I guess this episode's going to end as it began, me rambling about absolute fuck-all and uh, not providing anything. Uh, as I said, John and Alex Hate Stuff is a good show. We're prepared. There's no there's no rambling. It, we say funny things. You should listen to that show. Stop listening to the Alex cast. I mean, don't stop listening to this show, but listen to John and Alex Hate Stuff. That should be priority one. Then the Alex cast. And, no, no, priority zero topmost is wait for me to put out new new uh new writing the new short story collections it's called the the Theravada machine and other stories and at least that's what it's called right now and uh it's gonna be out soon so remember to share that because you know obviously your boy alex is on uh thin ice mentally and that'll be helpful so anyway uh that's it this has been some kind of just steaming garbage pile of an episode but uh frankly not my worst. Uh, it's been great talking to you. Uh, you know, I hope you have a, a lovely, lovely Memorial Day or the hell that three day weekend coming up is. And um, yeah, do those things. Okay. Love you. Bye. Namaste.